In a world where we're constantly told that men are from Mars and women are from Venus and never shall the two understand each other, I know there's another way. This is what happens when Venus and Mars unite. Tune in for conversations about masculine and feminine embodiment in ourselves and in the world around us, relationships, marriage, parenthood, love, purpose, dating, and everything in between. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. I'm so excited to announce my guest for this lovely episode that we have entitled The Art of Curiosity. He is a certified life coach by NLP. He's a soon-to-be Unani Biotypes trainer learning under RGP development. He's an entrepreneur, and he's also the director of ops for an incredible transformational company out in LA. Bruce Langerin, I'm so excited to have you here. Hi. Hi, Anya. I'm excited too. Thank you for having me. Of course. You are such a wise man, and every time we talk, it's just always filled with wisdom and wonderful tidbits and pieces of knowledge, both historical and modern, things that I'm always taking into my life. So I'm excited to talk today about the art of curiosity. And I'm going to set this up in the way that I think I think about curiosity, but I'm excited to, to hear from you and where your head's at these days, because I know you're thinking a lot about this in your work, especially with your clients and your coaching. Essentially, I feel that when we communicate with each other, you know, no matter who we are, man, woman, anyone, we always want to kind of find out answers. We always want to get clarity and understand right away. We, we just, we want to feel, I think it's a sense of safety maybe, or a sense of knowing what's coming. So we have a hard time not having answers. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of like where we're coming from? So I'll just let you jump in. Yeah. I found that, that when it comes down to relating to people, but there's a tendency of wanting to have an answer to understand, to satisfy, I'll say ego, and I'll explain what ego is in a bit, uh, satisfy the ego to let it fit into my belief structure. If I feel sad, I then cry. If I feel happy, I then laugh. And so if it doesn't calculate in those terms of whatever experience we're having, then it doesn't compute and it doesn't can't relate. You know? So it's the part of having it be understood seems to be more of where do you fit in my belief structure so that I can accept it and be in acknowledgement of myself. In other words, my reality gets to be justified every single time. And so I think people then lose track of it because then if someone has some kind of visceral reaction or they have just just a different reaction altogether, then it gets challenged or it gets then put in a spotlight of, well, I see what you did, but then this other thing is better or this other thing is different. And then it's starting to guide into pushing people to do things that become inauthentic for them. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like curiosity. People like to just, you know, talk a big game about how, oh, I'm such a curious person. I live in curiosity. I am so interested in the world. And maybe what's beneath all of that is this need to maybe control. Yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) You hit it right on the head. (laughs) Wow. I never thought about that. Go ahead. The biggest addiction that people have in their life is control. Mm. It's the biggest addiction that I've seen so far. Or at least I'm experiencing. And I mean, I, I don't know much about it, like having some kind of research behind it. But what I've seen mostly when it comes down to it, as you mentioned, is the lack of control. If someone is upset at their spouse or something, it's because they can't control an aspect of their relationship that they feel right. they should. 
either their emotion or their circumstance or something. If something is not going right at work, it's because they feel like they just didn't control something in that environment. And then translate that into any other domain. So you hit it right on it. It's, it's a sense of lack of control. That's so spot on. I'm so glad. Well, let's just jump into it. I mean, thinking about men and women and how we communicate, especially um, understanding masculine tendencies and masculine thinking versus Mm -hmm. feminine tendencies and feminine thinking. And again, saying this because this isn't about gender, this is about energy. So there's, Mm -hmm. you know, we could be talking about a a more masculine um, woman or a more feminine man. That's totally fine. But Mm -hmm. For the purposes of this conversation, because of where I am, where you are, I'm talking about women. When I talk about women, I'm, I'm speaking about the feminine. When I talk about men, I'm speaking about the masculine. That's just me. That's my experience. So that's how I talk. But when it comes to being in a state of curiosity, it's clear that on a societal level, we're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just not. We're, we're looking to control or prove right or, you know, all of those things. So what does it mean for you? Maybe talk a little bit about where you think men and women are in the terms of curiosity and understanding each other versus where you think they could be if they use this method of curiosity in the way that you want it to be used. Yeah, I'd say this, and this is interesting because we're going to dive into a question that I proposed to you when we first started talking about this, <laughs> okay, which awesome. is which is the basis of my thesis or my philosophy in a sense. <laughs> Because uh, it was just a, a re- very random question, but it became such a core faculty because of, of of precisely one of the things that you mentioned right now. So whenever I start talking to one of my clients and um, or I propose uh, in a journey that we're going, I pose this question, how do you get to San Diego? And so you, you started answering what? What would you say? <laughs> well, I love this. This is so fun. You go south. Right. So th- that's true. Now, the, the following question to this is always the question that I ask is, what must you first know before you hit that way? I first must know where I am. <laughs> yes. Right? So yes. that I might not be north if I'm not north. Right. Yeah. That is precisely it. And interestingly enough, when I pose that second question, people tell me, well, I need to know the directions or I need to know if I'm where I'm going to stay or why am I going? You know, they start going. But the, the beauty about that question is that it starts unraveling like people's thought process. It starts to think like, what do I need to like prepare for? What do I need mm-hmm. to know? Who am I going to go visit? Is it even worth visiting? You can kind of start noticing where, like, where their mind and their heart goes to. Do I have someone that I care for? You start noticing how they want to relate in terms of affection. Uh, do I have a purpose in going? You can see how much they are in tune with their uh, purpose or uh, or actions or results. You know, am I going there to have fun? Am I going there for a party? You can tell that their party went in a more promotory you know, tendency. So it starts mm-hmm. unraveling a lot of things. And when we start listening from that space, then it allows for someone to start seeing where this person is at ultimately. Now, it also allows for that person to be present to where they are in the moment. The, the purpose behind that question is just to, to get them to be in the practice of being in that moment. Where mm-hmm. am I? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the circumstance. Whether it be because you got a promotion, whether it's because you broke up with your significant other, whether you're going to go to a party or going to go to a funeral. If if one is not present to where they're at, then they can't distinguish which way they, they would need to go to in order to get the maximum results. Because mm. I'm sure this has happened. If you're going down the street and you're driving and someone flips you off and it's like, fuck off. Yeah. There are days where you'll laugh about it. Yeah. Same scenario. Totally. 
somebody does the same thing, there are days where you'd be like, what the fuck is your problem? And you're like going to curse them out. You're going to remember how they look. You remember the car they drove. Somehow now everybody that drives a BMW is an asshole. You know, totally. it's a whole thing. But what's the dis- what's the difference between those two scenarios? Where you're at. Where you're at. Mentally, am I emotionally. Winning? Am, I, am I winning these answers? You, you are. Yeah, yeah. And there are no wrong answers because it's precisely <laughs> that. Because it, it's just essentially yeah. giving you the navigation yeah. to where you're at. Yeah. That at that point gives you an opportunity to go ahead and be in a state of choice. Hmm. Otherwise, you're just, I would say, a, a slave to the to the circumstance and the way that you feel or react to certain things. You're you're a person that becomes very attached to how things should look, and they are no they no longer have choice because now if someone flips me off, then the only answer is to flip them off or or cut them off, or say something, or do something that might not even benefit them at all. This is so powerful because, yes, we're talking about road rage moment, but this directly applies to any relationship you have with anybody and any communication that you have going with with anyone, whether it's your spouse or your children or work. That's amazing. Wow. You can translate that into many aspects and many domains of people's lives, primarily because when someone attends to practice in that state of like, okay, I'm... I'm not having a good day. My girlfriend comes in and says, hey, do you didn't take out the trash? I'm like, oh, my God, shut the hell up. Let me like sit down for a moment. Yep. That's not going to be the best way to respond. I'm just okay. reacting to whatever it is that's happening. Like I'm not even taking time for myself. Mm. I'm not saying that it's just because one practices, then all of a sudden it becomes an automatic. You know, mm. at any given point, you can then snap and become human again. But the point of it is, is that it gives you an, an awareness to what choices one has. Versus mm. just letting go. And we're talking about relationships and men and women or masculine and feminine. Yeah. Now we start going into the domains of well, what is feminine and what is masculine? Yeah. And what are the needs and tendencies? That's really powerful. You know where I went right away? First off, it's just obviously now very clear to me that you can't actually be curious if you don't know where you're at because you can be swayed by others. So when we're talking about dating, for example, because that's always what people want to learn about, especially young people that are single right now, you know, it's like this notion of, well, if I don't know exactly where I'm at and I can be swayed by another person and I may be attached to an outcome Mm -hmm. or, you know, trying to go left or right or teetering based on what the other person wants to tell me, then I may want a relationship, but when I'm listening to the other person tell me that they just want to play things by ear and they just want to have fun and da 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 da, I'm not actually listening to their truth with a curiosity, but standing strong in who I am and where I'm at and trying to mm-hmm. understand will this work for me, won't it? I'm automatically going to succumb to whatever it is that they're saying. And my curiosity is gone because now I'm trying to prove myself. Now I'm trying to gain something. Now I'm trying to get something out of them. Precisely. Yeah. That's exactly it. So the curiosity then loses track. Here's what happens. Then I tend to notice in relationships, people go into relationships expecting a certain thing, which first of all becomes a pitfall in itself. Having to go into a relationship and having an expectation already sets you up for like a, uh, one of my mentors said once, having expectations or premeditated resentments. <laughs> That's really good. Say that again, please. So having expectations is like having premeditated resentments. Mm. Very powerful. Yes. Because then the only the only way through 
is whatever expectation you have. Yeah. How could anything align with something you've got made up in your mind? How could anything mm-hmm. like live up to that? Yeah. Here, here's a simple one. And I was I was watching uh, with my sister. I was watching. We were watching. Um, I can't remember if it was Slipping Beauty or it was a Disney movie. And of course, the romance and the falling and looking and falling in love. And I'm, and I was realizing, of course, now that dynamic has changed. Like the rom coms have kind of changed a bit more. Women have become more masculinized in their power and things like that. And men have become much more feminized in the way that they relate to women and stuff like that. But ultimately, coming comes in the same box. And I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, wow, that's very interesting how one can go ahead and have that expectation as they go in where I've noticed friends, I'll say women, they're like, how come I'm not, I can't get a relationship? And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what is it that you're waiting for? It's like, well, I want someone to go ahead and like, you know, and then they start listing out the list. Uh caring, uh, listening, loving. And I'm like, well, what do you expect it to look like? I'm like, I don't know. I want to be at a bar or something or like at a party or somewhere. And someone just comes and talks to me. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, what if you're like taking a huge can of recyclables and you meet them there? It's like, well, I'll be open too. He's like, but I just, I wanted to feel like if it's like impacting and magical. And I'm like, well, <laughs> oh, man. if that's the only way that it can happen, then be prepared to like- happen be like well disappointed i mean it may but it, you might have a lot of disappointments in between which only solidifies the belief that whatever belief they have men are right. blank relationships are blank because yeah. then you're not actually curious about what would it be like if love walked into my life i'm open mm-hmm. to see yeah. what it would be like versus i have this idea of what it should be like and um i'm stuck on that and so i'm mm-hmm. actually repelling it in that process Oh, yeah. And then from that aspect, we start going into beliefs. We start going into the way that one listens and one, you know, talking about love languages, how you mm-hmm. one feels love, what one understands, mm-hmm. the beliefs we have about relationships, men or women. And then we start going yeah. into the um, the psychology of it, which is yeah. uh, the trauma-based portion of it, which is, um, yeah. are, am I attracted to someone? Is my ego attracted to someone? based on right. the trauma that they have, or is this a pattern that I typically follow? Yep. So that's a whole other expansion, a whole other thing. But primarily when I talk with my clients is to be in that space first of curiosity to see where they're at first and what options they have so they can choose. Because if they're continuously checking in with themselves and going, well, like I want to have <laughs> typical, I've gone out with a group of friends, most of which have been like women. And, you know, we've got, it was when I was younger, of course. And when it was like, um, and it was like, oh, we're going to go out, we're going to have fun. And then of course they're talking amongst themselves. And then they go like, I, um, I'm ready to have like, I'm ready to meet someone. And then the yeah. moment that we get to like, whether it be a club or a bar or something, and then it's like someone comes up and then immediately they just shun them. It's like, oh no, that's not what I want. And I'm like, well, how do you right. know? Like you didn't even go to time. It's like, oh no, would you see right. the way he was dressed? I'm like, right. don't project your own ideas. And I'm like, you didn't even give him a chance. Like, I get yeah. you. Create your boundaries. Understand yes. that, you know, okay, I, this is this is as far as I want to go, but don't use them as a weapon. Mm. Uh, oh, no, here you come again. Like, where did you get that shirt? Like, you know, mm. I don't even know brands anymore. But, like, um, it allows someone to go ahead and be in the space. I'm like, oh, I wonder what they meant by this. Mm. And then it creates a conversation. It allows for totally. the space for a conversation to then be like, oh, what did you mean? Do you, do you really like me or just kind of want to have fun totally. with this? And then you can be on the totally. same level and then participate in that sense. Yeah. And that will just, I mean, 
in order to have that, you've got to be honest. You've got to be honest about where you're at. And I think that's what it all comes down to. So I find that most people don't actually know where they're at. When you start talking to them, you kind of can can see that they maybe haven't really clarified to themselves what it is that they're looking for, or maybe they don't even, they can't even read signals properly, I think. I think this is a fun thing to jump into because I do think that like when we talk about masculine and feminine, a lot of times people like to weaponize this concept, but I actually would love for for me and you to quickly just jam about um, the power behind this. So the fact that the feminine really thinks through feeling, thinks through feeling Mm -hmm. mostly, and the masculine thinks through logic and pragmatism. And I think both of those things are very important in the world. And so I think a lot of times that's what ends up happening where, you know, you hear the story over and over again of like, (laughs) girl meets guy, guy talks to girl, he says all the right things, he's so cute, he's so this, he's so that, he tells her he wants to see her all the time. And then Mm -hmm. he disappears, right? Yep. And she's left feeling like, what did I do wrong? Right. And I think maybe on the masculine side, it's so fun to unpack what's actually happening back there. And on Mm -hmm. the feminine side, what's happening. And especially when people have um, a true conversation and there's, there's a rejection that happens face to face, what ends up happening for people without being in a state of curiosity and what happens for people when they are in a state of curiosity, how can that actually bring the masculine and feminine together in those moments of rejection? What do you think about that? Such a great question. Such good insight. (laughs) So let's start off with this in the dance of curiosity. It's not a solidified, it's not like a, it's not like a dance where it's like, <laughs> there's a beginning and an end. I lead and then that's it. As a matter of fact, you dance. Yes, I do. <laughs> you dance. I think this is going to line up with you. When you're dancing, you're typically following. But yep. there are moments in that dance where you might not get the signal quite well. And you just yep. got to use your inertia and then complete the turn or complete the step. You know, like you got to do yep. it. So. For that split second or for that split moment, you're leading. Exactly. There are sometimes that it's forgotten when that happens that it's not just a one person deal. Like it's yeah. not just like, well, you're the guy or you're the masculine lead and I'm yeah. the feminine. I'm just going to sit back. Like, no, it's a dance. It's a going back and forth thing. Now we start going into a space of like once we recognize that it's a dance, then we understand that it shifts. It goes back and forth. If that happens, there are two qualities in each energy. It gets to be addressed in most cases. The question becomes, and this is part of what I've been learning with one of my certifications with RGP development, which has been the two things that the masculine need in order for them to, to feel in that state of being masculine. There are two things they need. It's freedom and acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And it's not freedom from states like just go ahead and let them roam free and kind of do whatever they want. But there is a sense of liberation where it allows them to go ahead and to be in a space of exploration. There's a sense Mm. of like movement and like where else Mm -hmm. can we go and how far can we take it? Because they're very direct. Masculine energy is very direct piercing moving forward. And if they have that liberty, then they have the inertia. They have the energy to go ahead and project and go out to as far as they can. Mm. Now, once they do that, the requirement, the other thing that they need is acknowledgement. A simple simple example that, um, um, that I was told about this was this. You ever have a guy do something very simple? And then the, the feminine would just, or a masculine do something very simple. I'll, I'll just use a man in this example. A man doing something very simple. And then the woman goes like, oh my God, like that is so good. Like how, wow, that's so good. And the guy is eating it up. 
happens all the time. Like when a man like takes a the baby, um, whatever carriage, people just uh-huh. like freak out over it. They think it's like the best thing. Yeah, it's incredible. They do something well, all of a sudden it becomes like one of the greatest things that they've ever done. Yeah. And the man eats it up. Like he's yeah. like, yes, I've done something. What that does is that it provides the man to go ahead and be like, I have something to do. I have, I, I'm useful. Yep. Now, Important. when a feminine recognizes that, then they're essentially fueling the fire that has them be interested. Because yeah. now a man feels like they're protected. There are many times, I kid you not, if it, when there's been a, a moment in my life where like I've been around women or something, and the moment that I get acknowledgement, there's an inertia of me to just protect. Not that I'm trying to fight like monsters or lions or anything, but there's just like a heightened sense of like, okay, this is like mine. And this gets to be a safe space because I'm provided the acknowledgement of like, I'm validated, I'm valid in this space. So wise, keep going. I'll just say, and add that like, what ends up happening through time at points is that that gets lowered. So women become, or the feminine become less apparent to acknowledgement. Oh, that's just what he does. Oh, he took out the trash. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, he should have done. He should have done it yesterday. You know, like the enlargement. So then at one point, like, it it doesn't become that gratifying for a man. So what is, if a man can get validated in their space, then what's a man to protect? Very big insight there, actually. That's really powerful. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of women hearing this will be like, oh, well, like, what about the other side of things? You know, we'll get there. Um, And that's the whole thing. Let's be in a state of curiosity. Right. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, that's why I really I love talking to you, even without you saying a word. I already feel extremely calm and peaceful and um, present and grounded because of your energy. You have a very solid energy. Thank you. Like, of course. And it's something I know that you've cultivated and you have worked on yourself and it's super powerful. I just trust you. That is something that the masculine can do for people that is really underestimated. It's underappreciated mm-hmm. um, in a big way in our world, for sure. Absolutely. It's it's one of the things that I'm, we're, I feel that gets to be brought up, and I'm starting to see remnants of it, where mm. women are starting to recognize in masculine, I will say feminine and masculine, are starting to recognize the validation that one needs in order to provide, in order to be in that state of protection and safety and creating something. Yeah. Because yeah. as much as it seemed that it's aggressive, men or masculine get to be aggressive, not in the sense that most people consider aggressive. Now, uh, um, the etymology of aggression comes from the word aggresso, which means to powerfully move towards. That just means that's the etymology of it. What it's turned into is like this ferocious reaction to how things things are um, are presented. So like if, if a guy doesn't like something, then it's just like very like, no, I don't want that, that kind of stuff. The curiosity that comes into play, like why would someone do that? Because men tend to, or masculine tend to go ahead and become that when they feel like whatever's occurring in that space, it's outside of their protection. Mm. Men are not like, I want to control this so much as as they're like potentially saying like, I I can't protect you outside of this. And so the panic comes in. So the only way that they can do it is by pounding their chest and like very harshly pulling someone in or like trying to create a boundary so they can be safe. Mm. Now, that has branches. And then we can start talking about like in circumstances of like relationships where they become toxic toxic and something like where to go ahead and discern that. But um, in most cases, in a healthy way, that's what men tend to do. And it just sometimes comes off very like in brute mm, force. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So this is where the curiosity from a woman comes into play. 
Mm, that's interesting. I think that's really powerful. And I think just back up for a second, because I know we kind of got into like, now we're, you know, at the state of when people are kind of involved in the relationship and thinking about protection. But in the very beginning, especially when dating, I think what ends up happening is I think a lot of women want to feel protected. They want to feel that presence. They, they want all of these things. But I think when maybe they're meeting someone and they've projected some sort of idea onto them, or maybe that, that man in question isn't clear on his intentions, right? And, and maybe tells a lie or is a little flaky or, or, or ghosts or, or does some of these things that happen over and over and over again. I think the woman in the world where we all have wounds, right? We all have fears of rejection. We have, we have things that we're all dealing with. We're human. I think she feels that, you know, maybe it's a worthiness conversation for her. So then a lot of times she tries to figure out what's going on with her, what's wrong with her, that she's not, you know, enough for this man to want to protect her, to be there for her. And I think Mm -hmm. that's where from, for the man, he gets to be a little curious in that female sexuality and, and, and attraction is a little more feelings based. So her feelings mm-hmm. come into play a lot earlier. And I think that's just, you know, a part of our biology. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I want to kind of talk about how women can be curious about like a man's psyche and how men are, but also how men can be curious about a, a female psyche and really utilizing masculinity to be intentional, be direct, be clear. And then it's really up to the the feminine to validate herself in those moments and and not need that protection from that specific man who's clearly not willing to give it to her. You know, that dance. We got to talk about that. I think that's something that people deal with every day. Yeah, that's so so very good point to to kind of transition into, which is as men are creating that space um, for women and in recognition for how women can be curious about them, is to understand that in those two concepts, or rather in those two ideas of what men need, Yep. Um, which is freedom and, and, and acknowledgement is to be curious. It's yep. like, okay, well, he's saying this and, and what's really underneath that. That's, yep. that's the purpose of it. And again, now minded that it's not an extreme case or something, but in most cases where it's just kind of like an argument or something that's just this, there's disagreement. Well, yep. why, why is it going into it? So that, so that they can be like, where am I not giving him freedom or where am I not giving yeah. him acknowledgement? It's, yeah. it's, it's a very simple way of looking. That's at interesting. It. Cause it's, it's that's like, we're that simple. <laughs> that's some, like you're either i'm not giving you enough freedom or i'm not giving you enough acknowledgement and which one is it? and trust me the one when you touch one of those two you're gonna have smooth like a good smooth transition into like what the core right. issue is mm. now women or men what do women need or what is the feminine need? same to also two qualities which is attention and quality time mm. i'm like yes as a woman i'm like absolutely we need that this is where men's curiosity gets to come into play where if a woman is fidgety and making those noises like (sighs) uh, like start crackling things just moving things around making loud noises like that's when a guy gets to be like with his antennas like oh oh, baby needs something like give her some kind of attention or some kind of quality time like have her feel like like she's providing something right and this is where it, it it comes to now the reversal of it is where where does the feminine get to be acknowledged for in, in her femininity? Part of being quality time is to go ahead and be there with them. In most cases, the tendency is for men to go ahead and start giving answers. The whole mansplaining thing mm. is like, well, she's feeling sad. 
let me just tell her how not to be sad, which is how oh, men, man, men, men typically do. Is like, what the fuck? Are you, are you sad here? Have a beer. Like, shut up. Let's just go. And then it's like, ah. And then they just leave. Um, women is not the same way. It's it's providing or with the feminine to go ahead and provide that aspect of that quality of, of time, that attention to the detail, that the, that the fact that it's not about the answer. It's actually about answering. Tell me about that. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, that question precisely. Tell me more. <laughs> what else is coming up? What else did you do? And then what did he say? And then what did she say? And then what did happen? And tell me, okay, great. Oh, God, what an asshole. Oh, man, that happened? That's what she said? Oh, geez. Like, how did you manage? Yeah, tell me. And just be with them. Because it's it's not about having any particular type of answer. If anything, in my experience, it's been that it's it's about being there with them through that journey. Women have and feminine have such an expansive awareness in in that if we're in the same spot, even right now as we're talking about, you're paying attention to a lot more things than probably I am. I'm focused on you. <laughs> I already had six things that I just like looked at <laughs> in the past second. There could be a fire next to me and I'd be like, what's that red light? I'd be like, oh, there's a fire. It's like, it, <laughs> it would just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where... Uh, as masculine, we get to go ahead and, and understand that there is much more to being curious. So I'm not carrying that burden of like, well, she's feeling sad. So I have to feel sad. It's like, no, just be there with them. That's really powerful what you're speaking on right now, because I mean, you know, my purpose and my mission really is to help people understand masculinity and just how misunderstood it has become in our society. But what mm-hmm. people are missing, and I don't think women hear enough really, is what the masculine appreciates about the feminine right? Like, what is it that the masculine sees in the feminine that they know they don't have? And that's, you know, they want to respect and uphold and praise it. So, you know, I'm, I'm so curious, I'm just going to pose that to you. I'm not fishing for any kind of compliments. But I just think Mm -hmm. it's like, something that's important to put out in this space, because especially, you know, with my background and and matter and the work that I love to do with masculinity, it's it's almost Mm -hmm. like we do focus on men a lot. So it's nice to have that foundation. So I'd love to ask you that question. Yeah, having men understand the feminine side in a way where it relates to how the roles play out. Because Mm -hmm. again, their energies are not gender based. Mm -hmm. Like they're so I'll give you an example. There was a, um, a talk about with my girlfriend recently. And, um, and there was just times where I was like, I just wanted to feel cared for and love and she's like just pay attention to me and i was very much in my feminine i'm like oh like and she was like very like come on over here and you're such a great guy kind of thing and i was like and i just like surrendered to it because I, I i allowed myself to be in that role and then whenever i need to i'll go ahead and like come back into it it's it's that same dance understanding the roles doesn't mean that one is weaker than the other and i think that's a very harsh misconception that that going into relationships tends to be if I'm in my feminine, I'm somehow the weaker one or the lesser one. I know some very powerful feminine women. Mm-hmm. I know some very powerful feminine men. And the purpose behind the roles is just to understand where is it that I get to play in this journey that we're in. Simple example. If we're dancing and we're both leading, what happens? No dancing. There's no there's You're nothing. constantly stopping. <laughs> You're like, are <laughs> yeah. you leading or am I? Of it's like, uh, yeah. uh, 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 what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. You know, God bless, God bless my mom. I can't dance with my mom because she's con- <laughs> like, she has like the strongest arms ever. And I'm like trying to oh hold her God. and move her around. And she's just like, we're like essentially at some point, halfway through the song, we're just wrestling. <laughs> mm, I love 
and it's like, but I love it. So I had to like, just like literally sometimes like stronghold her, just be like, stop, surrender, lady, like, just surrender. We're dancing, and <laughs> totally. and uh, and I like I'm leading here, and she's like, okay, okay, you know, like, and then same same thing. Think think of dancing, and think of two people not leading. Yeah. Nothing and you're happens. just standing there. Yeah. At some point, there. one gets to give. And you know the beautiful thing, especially in that arena that you're in with dancing, that I've seen both, and this is, again, just kind of going into the gender basis of it. I've seen both men, two men dancing, one of them leading, one of them following. And likewise, two women dancing, one of them leading. And it's like, it's beautiful, but one of them gets to play the role. Yeah. When those roles are understood, then it becomes this beautiful, fluid process and journey. You know, I think you've really just, we've led up to this moment of like where I think the ticket to really living in a state of curiosity is um, understanding the feminine and masculine within yourself first. So if Mm -hmm. you can learn to, and I think that's probably part of the work for a lot of the men. I think I was listening to Ryan Mickler, one of those, you know, one of these guys that does like the order of man and all these things. Mm -hmm. But the one big thing missing in um, Western society is he talks about rite of passage for boys. Mm-hmm. There's no um, rite of passage for when a boy becomes a man. That is very key and important. And he says, it doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to be in a certain space that we can, you know, we imagine like a an indigenous experience right out in nature. But he does say what is key in that moment is the experience of surrender, the experience that there is, you could die and you feel mm-hmm. pain so strong that it could kill you. So it's a sense of true surrender, which is, something that is essentially feminine a hundred percent feminine oh yes so boys becoming men is dependent on understanding the feminine within them which is powerful oh yeah the sheer equivalence i'm not even going to put it that way what women go through with their bodies while giving life Mm -hmm. is i can only imagine it's excruciating to 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 a large degree yeah i don't know of any equivalent to that for men Mm. therefore the rite of passage yeah, because even if I'm not mistaken, and I'm and I don't have necessarily something to back it up, but as far as I can remember, like at younger years when women were having babies, they were having babies at fifteen. Yeah. Like I oh, mean, yeah. this is early on, so like their rite of passage was very much in their teens. That totally so makes sense. So excruciating this pains, and but men, the only passage they had was actually going through some kind of physical pain that Test. reveals yeah, that like they're a ritual. alive. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And so that that at some point connected them in terms of energy of like, I've gone through the pain that you've gone and related to the sense of like, here we are together in the same alignment of, of what we call mm. life. And nowadays mm. it's, it's kind of passed on through concept. Yeah. Part of it being that curiosity tends to be such a practice that I have in my life now is because there are a lot of things that I don't know and conceptualizing them yeah. puts my ego at rest which means yeah. that that's a, that's a red flag. Okay, what do you mean by that? So think about it this way, or, or, or here's one thing that, that happens. People give you the concept or an idea, and they say, okay, um, the way, I'll give you something, one of, the, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. The way I do anything is the way I do everything. Right, right? heard that one. Heard it. I know that as a concept. I don't know that as an experience. True. So what happens is that people now take knowledge as a factoid to then replace experience oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I already know about that i got it it's all here but it's it's not in the body oh my god what you're saying is so powerful because of this excess we have this inundation of information all the time quotes 
mantras, ideas. We think we know things that we don't actually know. They're just concepts, mm. like you're saying. Ah. I'll even clarify it. It's not that we don't know. It's that we we haven't owned that piece of experience within ourselves. Yeah. And and what ends up happening is that we now we're just going tick for tack on information. Well, you're a woman and you're white, so I think I'm going to go ahead and, I don't know, buy you Starbucks every day. Like, I don't even know if you like Starbucks. Totally. We're not in curiosity. We're, we're placing we're placing people in buckets. We're, we're placing them in, in, in boxes. Exactly. Based on the knowledge and based on our ego. So all of a sudden it becomes this uh, informational and transactional thing. Like I do this and you do this. It's like, no, I'd rather be in curiosity and act. I'd rather look like a fool and be, do you like Starbucks? I mean, I know you're white, but like, do you like Starbucks? And you'll be like, no. I'm like, oh, (laughs) why would you ask that? Like, you're like, that's so racist. And I'll be like, well, I just didn't. And I'll look and then I get to now I get to go through the pain of embarrassment. I'll go through the pain of like saying things that are very edgy. I mean, human, look like a fool. human, human. Yeah, of course. Being. Amazing. I love that. Honestly, I mean, I don't like Starbucks. I'm like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> and yet I'm still willing to ask a very stupid question and look like a fool in order for me to have take a risk to feel connected to you and know something more about you. Instead but of a assuming, lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bruce, that's so powerful. Give them something else. I would love to hear like another um, example or like maybe idea for how someone can take the state of curiosity into their day. When someone goes into the practice of curiosity with their significant other, we'll stay in that topic and their significant other, you open up the the opportunity to go ahead and a a lifelong flame for the rest of your relationship or forever you like because you're constantly in a state of choice. It's Mm. not the flame necessarily that just keeps the warmth and the heat with it. It is the fact that there's a constant spark to like reignite because sometimes that flame might be low. It's a choice of like, well, do I really want to spark this again? Hmm? If the answer is yes, then it might even grow bigger than, than it, what it should be, but who knows? And, and that's the purpose of it. The moment that I surrender to the, I don't know portion of it. And I become answering instead of looking for answers like, oh, that's just how she always is. That's how, we, how he always is. If I do this, I know he's going to do this. Like, no, you don't. Because we go back to the same question. How do you get to San Diego? If you're in a different space, you're going to take a different route. And if you understand that at some point it's like, well, I lost the passion for this relationship, then that's a different space that from when you begin with. You can't take the same route to San Diego. You got to take a different route. I love the way you have just like wrapped this thing up in such a beautiful way. I mean, how, what a perfect analogy. Wow. And most people are stuck, to be honest with you, in having a relationship to keep as a thing that they bought once and it's stuck with them on the shelf, as opposed to this constantly evolving daily choice that is based in curiosity and evolution. Here's the kicker of it. It's not that people lose so much traction of their relationship or, or who they're trying to understand is that at some point they just lost track of where they're at. They lost yeah. themselves. Mm. The moment that they're able to pause and be like, Oh my goodness, I'm in Montana. How the hell did I get here? <laughs> How did I get here? Okay. All right. Okay. Where there's the sun there's okay. I see where I'm okay. I'm going to go that way and try to find my way back this way. And it just becomes this whole new adventure because now there's a request where there's a request of like, hey, you know what? There's an ownership because you'll tell your significant other, hey, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. And let's say Montana is like, I'm here in depression. I'm here in isolation. I'm here in like confusion. 
I want to find my way back to you. Mm. Like, support me. And then it becomes a choice. I'm super blown away by your words because what you've made me realize for the first time in my life um, through this conversation here is that curiosity is not about something out there. It's not about the other. Curiosity is about me. Yeah. Wow. That's probably one of the most profound things I've heard in a very long time. And it's thanks to your wisdom and your honesty and just your groundedness and how willing you are to to be in the state of curiosity in your own life and obviously impart that onto to me and everyone that's listening i'm just so grateful yes please use it (laughs) (laughs) i love that i could not possibly take anything more out of this conversation than all the goodies that we have already um bruce i just want to thank you again for coming on with me and just so much we discussed from masculine and feminine thinking to relationships to the art of curiosity and how it can be applied in our day-to-day and just the profound final the san diego analogy which is just powerful for people and just that final profound moment of being in a state of curiosity says more about where you're at than um, what it is that you're looking to seek. And it's very powerful. So thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been great. This is the Venus and Mars podcast signing off until next time. (laughs) 